Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another fire episode of No Pump Fakes. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. All right, today's guest, we have Kobe Price. All right, on the show, Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys for inviting me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Feeling? Doing well, doing well, doing well. Um, bright days ahead for the Orlando Magic. If we, if we can just <laughs> uh, get the party started. First question, here we go. Um, the yeah. likelihood of follow uh, winning Rookie of the Year. What, what, what are your uh, expectations and thought behind that? Uh, I mean, I'm, right now I'm expecting him to sort of win Rookie of the Year with the season, you know, knock on wood, you know, stay healthy for the rest of the season. I have a hard time believing that he won't be the Rookie of the Year, you know, come April or whenever they decide to announce the awards. Like the seasons he's put together, it's, you just don't see it for many rookies. So I, I think he's the guy. He, he, is, he is that guy. And so you say he's a guy. I asked in terms of rookie of the year, but do you think he can be the guy, the, the superstar that Orlando has desperately needed for a good little while now? Yeah, no, absolutely. When you look at what he brings in terms of just offensively, the scoring, the passing, being able to do it in a variety of ways, there are no, there's no position that you can put him in where you'd be like, oh yeah, he can't do that. Like that, he's that well-rounded offensively. And the defense you know, it's been up and down, but I do believe they'll come around, you know, with the effort that he's put in and just the flashes that he's shown so far. So he is, to me, he is that guy. He is he is that level, not just a rookie, but that level of player where, what is he averaging like right now, like 23 and a half, eight rebounds, three and a half assists and on like pretty decent efficiency, especially for a rookie. Like you just don't see that. So you think, you know, he's already has the body. He's already big. He's already strong has the skill, has the touch. Like you think, what's he going to look like in what, 2026, 2030? Like what's his skill set? Like he already has the skill set. He's going to polish it more. He's going to be stronger. He's going to be more efficient. And then you're looking at a player that, I mean, we could be talking about one of the guys in the league that like the league kind of goes through in, in that sense. No, that's that's 100% right, Kobe. I feel like Paolo, he has a chance. He's a LeBron James disciple. I believe that. When you said the guy, yeah, I said it. This he's a LeBron James disciple because when you look at <laughs> when you look at a player that can do everything on the basketball court, he's a dual force, similar to like a Luka Doncic, similar to a Giannis. These are guys that are engines. Like he can pass, he can score a variety of ways, he can rebound, and like you said, the defense is going to come around, especially when they start winning games. Like he's a rare breed. Not a lot of guys in this league can be engines. He can be an engine, so I think he's a special, special player. He's going to average. 20 or over 20 points this year. And we talk about guys, Theus, because you made that face when I said LeBron James disciple. Well, you're averaging 20 points as a rookie, have a green light as a rookie. We're talking about Shaq, talking about Allen Iverson. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony. We're talking about Luka Doncic. We're talking about LeBron James. So when you talk about potentially being a guy, he has a chance to be a guy, not just as a rookie, but like for years and years down the line. And one of the more impressive things to me about him like the ability to just get to the line, like he puts so much pressure on defense, so much pressure. It's it's very rare. At, at, as of the time of recording, he's taking over eight free throws a game for mm -hmm. a rookie. That is that, that's crazy. Like you just don't see like he is driving to the paint. He's forcing guys to hack because they are like I don't know what to do with this guy. He's too fast for big guys. He's too strong. Even some big guys he pushes out the way. Yeah. So like just that attention he can draw, that pressure he creates offensively. As a rookie, like that's like I remember the first time I saw not the first time I saw him play, but like the first week or so. And even when he wasn't shooting well, 
just the constant pressure he was able to create basically on his own and without needing anybody, anyone to create an advantage for him, just being able to continue to put that pressure, create openings, create gaps on his own, or just gets the free throw line. Like that, that's, that's star level material. And I'm not saying he's a star in that way right now, but he's showing you that he's going to be a star level player uh, in the NBA. Potentially. Yep. What would you say his true position is? Uh, in terms of like one, two, three, four, five, yeah. point guard, shooting guard. Uh, I'll say he's a four. I'll say he's a four. I mean, you he can go between three and four, but I would definitely say he's more of a four to me. And with how the Magic are playing, with Franz Wagner also on the team, the, yeah, it's good. that's that's the three four of the future for them. There we go, Franz Wagner. How, how good can he be? Good. I mean, you're kind of seeing it this past week. I, mm-hmm. I, they just beat the Mavericks. I forget what his exact stat line, but he's yeah. been averaging over 20 this week. You know, he's uh, he's been played um, in a more like point forward heavy role to start the season mm-hmm. because of the Magic's guard injuries. But he's really grown in that role. He's showing the playmaking. He is a special driver. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk we we talk about Paulo, or we just we were just talking about Paulo and the pressure he creates just from all over the floor. Franz as a driver, I mean. That yeah. it is, it's it's unique, he, and it's unique how he does it. It's not just bully ball, or it's not this straight line speed driving that you're used to. It's it's finesse, and for a guy that big at six nine, six ten, you don't always see that finesse and then that touch, the yeah. combination of the two. He gets into gaps quickly, but it's not like oh yeah, blazing speed. He just has yeah. really great stride length, and he he can uh, he can be an all star for sure. He's tough. He's tough. He reminds me of a, a potentially a better version of. Nicholas Batoon, like how Nicholas Batoon mm. was with the Portland Trailblazers. And like you said, attacking the rim at the first level in the basketball court, 6'10. And I like how the Orlando Magic is like running their offense. And he's like you said, he's playing that point four role. Like he's another guy that similar to Paolo, like they kind of play similar positions where they can do everything on the offense. So the Magic have really done well because I feel way more confident in Wagner than this next guy we're about to talk about, um, who's on Orlando Magic. Jalen Suggs. I knew it. Oh my! Let that hate go. <laughs> Let the hate go. Wait, my wait, goodness. There's Jalen Suggs hate on. I, no, no, it's no Jalen Suggs hate. I just wasn't really high on him <sighs> coming into the draft, and I felt like the Orlando Magic's organization wasn't the best pick for Jalen Suggs. I feel like he should have. The Toronto Raptors probably should have went after him, but you know, of course, Scotty Barnes and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure they're happy. But for Jalen Suggs, I had to ask the question. Like, I don't know. I look at the Orlando Magic's roster. Jalen Suggs, he's starting at the, the point guard position. But, like, I don't know if he's a better player than Cole Anthony. I don't know if he's a better, better player than Markel Fultz when those two guys are healthy. I think Jalen Suggs, most people are saying, like, oh, he has the potential to be an all-star. Me, I was very low. Still very low. I feel like he's probably going to be a market smart type of player. And that's fine if you're on a championship caliber team. And with a guy like Wagner and then Paolo in the future, like that's that's fine. But I don't see like this all-star caliber guard that most people believe Suggs can be. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in terms of what I, I just mentioned about Paolo, in terms of being that, I mean, forget all-star, I'm thinking like with Paolo all NBA level forward, you yeah. know, with Franz, that's thinking, you know, an all-star forward, you know, they've shown the flashes, the potential to be that. You know, you may, I don't think Jalen has shown that level of play consistently yet, you do see certain flashes from him. Um, and I think it's been tough for him because of the, like last year, a decent amount of his season was derailed by the injuries that he experienced. And now, you know, even this season, he had a couple of injuries that kind of got him off to a rough start. 
Um, I think he has shown growth in certain areas, especially as a, again, we talk, here we go about driving. Like he, he has improved as a finisher last year. He started off rough as a finisher and he made improvements mid season after coming back from his thumb injury this season. It seems like he's made another improvement from that area. But the, the one thing you want to see is better consistency on the, in the outside shooting and better, better decision-making with the ball in his hands. He, he can be turnover prone. That's and it's not to say he can't make good passes. Like he does make impressive passes, but sometimes he can be a little sloppier uh, or not or careless with the ball. And that's something that he'll have to clean up uh, to really be that lead guard kind of player. I don't think he's a league. I think he's a combo guard. I think he's, I don't think he should be playing a point guard position. Well, yeah, or yeah, or combo or, you know, one of the guards, I should say that you, he's going to be running the offense a fair amount. But like I said, he also, yeah. he also needs to improve the consistency on the three because we see with Franz and Paolo, like there are very long stretches where they're running the offense or the offense is running through them. So you have to, you need uh, guards who can space the floor. I mean, he's a good cutter, he's a decent screener too. So he can do all yeah. these, I think kind of like to your point about the Marcus Smart comparison, he can do all these other little things on the floor. Um, but, you know, in terms of getting to that next level, you do want to see him, like I said, better consistency, in terms of outside shooting and just, you know, bringing those turnovers down, making better reads uh, in that sense. You feel like the backcourt is crowded in Orlando? Well, the unfortunate part is that, you know, they've been so injured. It's it's actually been more depleted than anything else. Like they have, you know, Jalen, excuse me, Jalen, Cole, uh, Markel, RJ, like we go keep going down the list, but Guys haven't been healthy enough um, or consistently enough for it to be, I guess, like a competition in that sense. You know, uh, Markel's been, had got uh, fractured his toe before the season. Cole got hurt pretty early on the season. Jalen came back not that long after, like Jalen, what happened? Jalen was out the first, see, I can't even remember. Guy's been going out. Jalen was out at the end of preseason and then he came back for the first game. And then he got hurt in the second game, and now he came back like like in the fifth, something like a fifth game or the seventh game, something along those lines. And then Cole got hurt in the fourth or fifth game. So it's just been all the guards, Gary Harris, they even bring him up. There's just been so many guards who have been out and haven't been playing. I can't say that it's been too crowded because they haven't, you know, we haven't even got to that instance, to that place yet where uh, Magic Coach Jamal Mosley has been like, all right, I have to cut someone's minutes in this sense or like try out these combinations because they haven't been available. Yeah, I mean Jalen Jalen Songs, I mean, he's playing right now. <laughs> he's not really showing that, <laughs> you know, like to me, that he should keep that starting spot. I'm sure he's going to keep the starting spot throughout the, the year. But for his like you said, competition, I expect with Cole Anthony comes back, Mark Hill folks come back, they to compete for like minutes at the at the one position because I feel like they all I think that's the biggest like question mark for Orlando Magic. Like who's going to be the guy to to be the point guard position because you know it's a guard league, but it's also a wings league. They have their wings now. You got to figure out what guard you're going to run with the future. So I think Cole Anthony may be better suited to be a six man. I think Jalen Suggs is a combo guard. I don't know he could really be a six man too. Markel Fultz is never you know he's always hurt. So I don't know. All three of those guys have a lot of question marks. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in Orlando. I think the million dollar question is: Can Paolo be the guy? I think he can be. But yeah. I think that is, 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 has been the thing that Orlando has, you know, been dealing with for a good little while now is they may have like supporting pieces or, you know, additional you gotta, you they know, got a guy, scores, yeah. but like 
but do they have the the guy that can be yeah, he's the, a guy. Right, he's a guy but every building around he's a guy but there's you know every guy needs help like well of course of course but i mean need, we got to know a, you need what we're working with first you need a you need a guard i think i think paul is a guy i think he's it's been what less than than 20 games in the NBA season, like right, he's, right, he's a, which, he's, right, which is why I wanted to address the whole LeBron James he's, disciple thing. It's not even Christmas. <laughs> well, Let, I'm, not about, I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about his play style and the way he plays. NBA body. He was the most NBA ready guy in this draft. And like I said, score a variety of ways. Can rebound. Can pass a little bit. It's going to be a, a really a good defender once he locks in on that side. And Orlando Magic starts winning games. I mean. That's that's a LeBron James disciple to me. Okay, Kobe. Kobe, let me ask you. I'm something. not even she, touching that. I'm not even yeah, touching. Just, <laughs> we're just casually tossing out LeBron. Anyway, that's okay. Um, no, it's just it's just a place. It's just a play style. I'm not saying they're gonna be a LeBron James have a, a, a you know the same type of career. It's, no, it's I like know what play, you mean. It's play style. Luka Doncic. What, what do you consider Luka Doncic? What does he do on the basketball court? He does a lot of things like LeBron James, even Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you can score in a variety of ways, if you can pass. And if you can assist, like, and if you're an engine, when I say an engine, meaning you can put a team around these guys and they're just going to find ways to win. Now, Powell, we still got to see that. But I look at, like, Luka. I look at, like, Giannis. It don't really matter who on their roster because they're so great and they're such great engines, similar to LeBron James in his entire career. Like, they're going to find a ways to get their team to the playoffs. So we shall see. Okay. Let me ask something, Kobe. You heard it here first. Just know. I hope you're right because I've heard a lot of things and they they I've been, I've been right been, a lot <laughs> been right a lot <laughs> been, been, been right a lot <laughs> Kobe let me ask you some um, I'm sure you took note of um, the, the history of Paolo and DeJounte mm-hmm. um, over the summer do you feel right because obviously you know talent is one thing in the NBA right you, all 450 players have the talent but do you feel like Paolo has the um, mental strength, if you will, to really be a potential finals MVP candidate and be the player that could potentially deal with criticism, not even just from like the media or fans, but from other players. Yeah, I, I think so. In terms of just being able to block out things, uh, the one thing that's really stuck uh, stuck out to me about Paulo is that maturity. Just in terms of just being able to lock in not getting too caught up with all the other stuff uh, and not, you know, for, no, I think what 19 is going to be turning 20 soon for a 19 year old. He seems pretty self-assured. Um, I think going to Duke probably helps him a lot, you know, playing that last year, uh, playing that last season of that coach K coach. Um, and then just being like, I talked to him about this. Like he's felt like he's all eyes have been on him for well over a year in a certain sense, or he's been getting a lot of eyeballs on him for, well over a year in that sense, even going back to high school. So I think he has that level-headedness to where regardless of what, like you're talking about playoffs, you're talking about off the court, like he'll have that certain level of just, like I said, level-headedness where you don't have to really worry about him in that sense. Okay, so do do you feel, okay, so put like this, when's the next year or when will you feel the next time the Orlando Magic will make the playoffs? So this is 2022. To 2023. Yeah. See, I've been asked this before, so I want to be consistent. But I either said next year or the following year. So, uh, so, so within the next three years. Within the next three years. 
next next well not this year either right. next year or the following season so yeah i right. guess that'd be next two next two yeah next two seasons after this season within the next two i wouldn't rule it out for next season uh like if you have your guy like if you feel like paulo is your guy and we feel like i said we've seen the flashes from franz like wendell carter jr has really solidified himself as the starting center for this team mm-hmm. like you have that core and then you can figure out the guard situation you know we don't know what they have in Bull Bull. Like he shows some really good flashes yeah. to start the season. Like we, if you start, we, you start piecing together this team and you start figuring out, like, all right, we have our starting front court. We get one of these guards to hit. Um, it's sustained, and we figure out all that stuff. Like then you're like you're talking about a team that could make the playoffs in my eyes next season or even I say even the following season. And they're gonna have a top five draft pick this upcoming year. Maybe they get number one. Victor's on the table. Who knows? I mean the the. It's it's looking bright in my in Orlando. I would definitely say Bobo. Though you you brought him up, how good can he be, Kobe? I mean, I, the funny thing is, like I really don't know, just because he's mm-hmm. I've, he's really only played like twelve games consistently. Like his time in Denver was so, you know, stop mm-hmm. and go. Like this is really the first time that he's able to get consistent minutes, and it seems like yeah. every time he steps on there, he's just like, all right, I'm stepping up, I'm stepping up. So the Bobo we're seeing right now, and what early to mid-November, you know, who knows what he's going to look like in late February or early March. I mean, he has the talent. The talent was never doubted. He was a five-star coming out of high school. He had a really, you know, really decent, you know, really played really well in college at Oregon, but, you know, injuries and then inconsistent role, like, you don't, like, you don't know, but the talent's still very much there. The skill set's still very much there. Yeah, he was a top five. He was projected top five, you know, throughout the most of the year, then he got hurt. That's just crazy how it just shows you like how injuries can really like derail sometimes players' career or change the trajectory of players' career. Yeah. It'll be interesting, Bobo. A player I want to bring up that we haven't seen in two years, Jonathan uh, uh, Isaac. What what, what well, what's going on? Yeah, we can what, what, about, hold what, on. Let me let me let me let me say ahead. something about Bobo real quick because go ahead. Um he's he's a fan favorite of the show. So um can Bobo win most improved player of the year? I think the answer is yes. Um I'm glad to see him shining with the Orlando Magic. I'm just glad to see him with a legitimate opportunity um, with Orlando Magic. But in terms of most improved, um, I think he should be at least considered for the award. There you go. Consider, I, I just had, I just had, I, yeah, I just had to say yeah. that. I mean, when you look at, Consider, you know, yeah. last season, his numbers from last season versus now, I mean, you know, percentage-wise in terms of, like, scoring increase, it's definitely there. But go ahead. Go ahead. If we get, we get, uh, yeah. uh, hit up, uh, you can go about with uh, Jonathan Isaac. I just want to know what, what's going on with him. He, I was just saying, I wonder what your question is going to be, but <laughs> I just want to know what's going on with John Isaac because it's been two years. I mean, like, what what the hell is going on with him? Is he? I don't know. Is he ostracized out the league? Is he going to play again? Like, what what what's going on with with the cat? Yeah, nah, he he's he's going to play again. It's just he's last time I spoke with him, which was within the past week. Did a story on it. Like, he's 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 in this place of just. You know, trying to ramp up his conditioning. Um, you know, he had the, obviously the ACL injury, and then he had the hamstring injury. Like trying to rehab back from that. And I think what some people forget is that you know, with basketball players, it's easy to lose it. And by it, I mean like being ready to actually play in a game. And he hasn't played consistent. He hasn't played consistent basketball in almost three years. Because yeah. yeah, he got hurt in the bubble. But before that, he was he was hurt before he got injured in the bubble. Uh, he got hurt like. December 30th, 2019, or like January 1st, 2020. So, 
he just hasn't consistently played basketball in three years. So imagine how quickly you lose like game shape. And then imagine you you haven't been able to like get back into game shape for that long. So that's really his where he's at. Right. And I and I'm not laughing at him. I have my glasses on, but I think I could tell Ahmad is laughing too. But I'm not <laughs> laughing at uh John. I'm laughing at the length of time that has saying. been missed three, and still was... be able to be on the same roster this yeah. long. That's you call it what it is. That's that's damn near impressive. That yeah. that's you know. And again, obviously, hope he comes back and plays well, um, and he get and he you know returns um, back to his healthy status as soon as possible. But that's a long time in the NBA to not be playing. Yeah, he was at one of, all. That at ain't all. A, that ain't a couple of months. That ain't even a year. Yeah. So, wishing wishing that brother a speedy recovery. But um, it 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 was just some to think about. Like when you like we all know he hasn't played in a while. But when you say the numbers, when you say three the seasons, dates, three and then when you seasons, think yeah. about what. But how, you know, how much time has passed in between those dates? I'm like, damn. Didn't he sign a, uh, Kobe, I'm getting wrong. <laughs> Didn't he sign a contract too? Like in 2020? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so he, so I guess I'll break down the timeline for people, for people yeah. who don't maybe remember because it has been a while. So he yeah. got, I, he got hurt. I want to say it was like January 1st, uh, 2020. I forget the exact injury, but it, it basically signed like it was going to sideline him for several weeks. And then that was obviously the season, like the season got shut down. Um, oh, yep. Because yep, of yep, COVID. COVID yep. So, yeah. and then he came back. What was it? Yeah, it was January 1st, 2020. That, uh, and then he came back in the bubble. And then he got hurt within like two games uh, after, you know, being, you know, after not playing basketball for, you know, whatever, however long, eight months because of, you know, injury, but then also, uh, the layoff that the league had. So then after getting hurt, he did sign a, uh, a four-year contract extension in December 2020. So whatever that's August to what, four months after the injury. So now that extension kicked in last season. So this is the second season of that four-year extension. Okay. The math, the math is math. So yeah. still, I mean, you can't be not, mad at certain Magic fans for asking questions. Oh no, I get, I get yeah. why Magic like Magic fans will like either whether it's online or in person they'll ask me like, "What's going yeah. on with Jonathan Ice? Like, what's going on? What's going on?" I like that's I spoke with him one on one, like we chatted about it, and that's where yeah. he's at. Like, and he under like he understands why people are just kind of like, "What's going on with you?" But I try to like I guess look at look at it from his perspective, like the point that I guess I made to him or he made to me when we were talking about it is that when you go that long without playing, no, it's not, it's, we're not talking about like going to the wreck and like hooping with your friends, like playing against other NBA athletes. Like you have to be in like tip top shape or else you'll get hurt. And yeah. that's the last thing that they want him to go through. Like imagine if they try to rush him back and then he got hurt, you know, because he wasn't in the best shape or he wasn't ready to be back on the floor. So they're going to do like, so the magic's credit or you want to say like they're doing whatever they're trying to do to make yeah. sure that when he gets back on the court, he's healthy and there's no issue. You know, I'm not even mad at it because there's some football teams, as a matter of fact, in that same state that should probably consider doing the same thing with their players. Yeah. So yeah. I can't even sit here and get mad at the idea of them wanting to take their time. At the end of the day, his health is more important than what he does on a basketball court. So from that perspective, um, I guess round of applause to their their medical team. Uh, so also I can't even a little I can't bit more. Easier when you're making seventeen million dollars and 
just the rehab. So, I mean, I, I understand it. <laughs> I, I will, I'll take my goddamn time too. But uh, before we let you get up out of here, Kobe, we need to know uh, your top top five Orlando Magic players of all time. Ooh. All right. Uh, top five. Dwight. Shaq. Shaq at two. Yeah, Shaq at two. Uh, this is so hard. Penny. T-Mac. There's someone... The fifth one is always the hardest one. And there's someone mm-hmm. obvious that I'm forgetting right now for like the fifth greatest magic player of all time. Well, uh, this, is, this is favorite. This was favorite. Oh, like, I thought you were saying. You said. That's what you said, right, Mike? You said I, I, said, I, said, I said top five. You be a favorite. It don't really matter to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you can do favorite. We won't put the Mount Rushmore question on you, even though that's kind of, you've already. He got four. Yeah. He got four. Well, that's because it's not a challenge with the magic. Like literally, yeah. who 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 the fifth person that's about to give a run for any of the four people he just named? Nobody. Exactly. So and so yeah, he got he got the four. I would say um yeah. five is probably Kenny Anderson was pretty good. Um Nick, Scott, who you got? Nick Anderson, yeah, Nick Anderson. Nick, Nick, Nick Anderson, yeah, Nick Anderson. Um I'm not mad at it, yeah. Yeah, I'll say Nick Anderson. That's that that'd be my yeah. that'd be my top five right there. Probably yeah, probably. I'd probably say Scott Skiles for the fifth. Yeah, you can go like like that fifth spot is at least to me Always that's open, open to yeah, I mean, much Scott, different dudes. Scott had the thirty assist game. That record probably never getting broken in the NBA. You never know, man. You Crazy never know what these inflated inflated stats. He is an all time assist leader in, in Orlando. But I mean, I I'm not mad at the five. I, you said though. You said the the White Shaq Penny T Mac T Mac and then uh, Nick Anderson. Yeah, Nick Anderson. Yeah, it's not a bad. All five. right, well. The one player, if I had to choose, let me let me think. I'm not going to say five. But I'll, I'll give you guys one, and it won't be uh, Dwight or Shaq or someone obvious. Um, I will say one of the more, I guess, underappreciated players to walk through the Orlando Magic organization is Rashard Lewis. Um, underappreciated or overpaid? I don't think Ooh, that's that's, little, that's, that's, that's not get, necessary. Let's get into it because that's not it's, underappreciated. It's not I think Matt, Orlando all, Magic fans thought he was overpaid. Right. Like, over, overpaid shouldn't even, that word shouldn't even exist. I don't even know what that means. If he's man, getting paid too that much, means, that ain't that like, ain't Orlando. That means fault. he got that means he got yeah, that's true. But I mean <laughs> they were paying him like he they thought he was gonna be an all-star and he turned up being just a, a solid like starter. Like okay, well he didn't he didn't reach his full potential. In Orlando, but so but I don't okay, know about but that. but how, who who you judges, gave his, who judges you potential though? Who ju- like who says like like contract aside? Yeah, right. You got like, paid like, to be if, like a superstar though. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. The time. If if a contract, if you take out the contract, if as a fan, whether you whatever your expectations were of him, he didn't live up. Did to he it. exceed them? Right. Well, but again, I think some of their expectations came from a contract. Either way, either way, either way. One of you know, damn, I forgot I was gonna say, damn, unappreciated. That's crazy. Oh yeah, uh, yes. I mean, look, I mean, you could say you could have said Turgaloo. I gotta tell me who my favorite. What the hell? I'm gonna say Rashad Lewis is crazy. That's that's a crazy. That's a crazy. My favorite. That's a crazy. What the hell is that's that's more crazy than me saying Rashad Lewis. How the hell you gonna say Kobe? Kobe, somebody. Kobe, I just want you to know that that. 
Diaz also has a financial literacy podcast. So, you know, any anytime guys get paid and get in that bag, Diaz is always going to be for it. I just, so. I, is there a problem with me wanting players <laughs> no. get paid? I'm sorry. No, no. If that's an agenda that I'm being accused of, <laughs> that's it. My fault. <laughs> Look, in Rashard Lewis's defense, like he, you know, he was a key part of that magic run to the finals in uh in 09. Like it was him, it was Dwight, it was Come on now? like it was it was revolutionary for that time. Come on now. He was and a part of that. He was a key part of that. Exactly. I I, I say he was oh, no, let's not do that. He was a key part of that team. He wasn't <laughs> I, no tenth man giving you I'm four not, points a game. All I can remember, <laughs> it was Dwight, Jameer Nelson, Hito Turgaloo's going to war. That's, that's 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 what I remember the most. Like Rashad had a couple games, but it's, it's, he was never consistent. We didn't know what Rashad yeah. we was gonna get. We know we were gonna get the one well, that was drop twenty. Or we gonna get the one that's gonna drop seven. Like he was, he was cool, me, man. All right, let me get let me get two sentences out real quick. First things first. Um, shout out to Rashad Lewis, a very underappreciated Orlando Magic player. Um, they don't make those uh that finals run without him. I just i to make that very, very clear. Um, so that's number one. Definitely was ahead of his time. Number two, I think DeMarcus Cousins should be on an NBA roster as soon as possible. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that could benefit from adding DeMarcus Cousins. That's all I need to say. Whatever <laughs> team you feel like he should be on, I don't give a damn, but he should be one of 450. That's a random. That's a Drops mic. <laughs> Random. I said it. I, I do not care. That's Somebody random, sign Boogie before I get upset. I, 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 all right. That's all I need to say. Um, but yeah, Kobe, do you have any? Uh, <laughs> do you have any final words uh, for I, no pump fix? I yeah, I didn't expect uh, you to push a Demarcus <laughs> Boogie Cousins uh, agenda. How many chances he gonna get? <laughs> Someone has to. Someone has to. That's fine. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stand on the hill alone. No. I'll, I'll, I, I, Oh, man. Yeah, I don't have much more to add after that. Just subscribe to the Orlando Sentinel uh, if you want to keep up with the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'm not pushing a DeMarcus Cousins. I, and this is not like anti-DeMarcus Cousins. I just don't have oh, of like course, of course. Listen, a Boogie I know, Cousins agenda. Yeah, you legitimately just do, like feel you know, uh, a way. I, I understand that. You're, you're not uh, pushing an agenda one way or the other. Ahmad just... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Do you think that all 450 players in the league are better than DeMarcus Cousins? I don't. How, all I, I want to know is how many <laughs> chances he's going to get. Because <laughs> he's, he has, he's had several. We just like, talked about a player that hasn't years. played basketball in three years. I, I, I don't think it's crazy for, for us to at least... At least am one I is, lying? One is, one is way younger. One is... You is, know how long three years way, is? Way better. <laughs> it, was two, it was two... It's been two seasons. Child do you know, Isaac, but I do you know how long three years... I, like, I, like, I want us to really, really think about how long. Three years. No, I'm sorry, Kobe. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your uh, final words for any uh, Magic fans or our No Pump Fix audience. Yeah, no, I was just saying subscribe to the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, I just just pumped out a story about Markel Fultz earlier today and about his plans to return back to the floor. Um, check it out. We we did a story about Jonathan Isaac, just trying to do a bunch of unique stories uh, about the Magic. Keep up, especially throughout the long what, 82 game season. So I got y'all. But uh, I was actually, I was looking it up as we close out. Like I was look, I forgot that he tore his, a cousin's tore his ACL. I forgot about that. Like a couple years ago, but that was the 20, like he missed the 1920 season because of that. But then since then he's played for Houston, the Clippers, <laughs> Milwaukee, and then Denver. 
like I forgot he's played for all those teams since the 2020, 2021 season. Like that's just uh, yeah, the past two seasons. Thank you, Kobe. I'm not saying he didn't do well. Like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, yeah, he shouldn't be in the league. But I legit forgot that he played for four different teams. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like, I probably would. I remember he played for Denver. Uh, and I remember Milwaukee. But I forgot. He, I honestly forgot. He, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, he was on Houston when Harden left because there was that whole, like, P.J. Tucker, DeMarcus Cousins, Harden, mm-hmm. John Wall, like, that whole thing. I forgot about the Clippers. Like, I, that's like, <laughs> I have very – how many games did he play? 16. All right. Yeah, I completely forgot he played for the Clippers. And that was just like two seasons ago. <laughs> this is uh you ever what's that show on Comedy Central where they roast? Um oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I guess I might be trying to push an anti Cookie Cousins agenda out of surprised. nowhere. Hey, you know what? I know a lot of players have I feel like have dealt with this though. Um I don't feel like he's been like blackballed out of the league, but you can't be you can't be black Paul when you've had five other chances since 2003. I mean <laughs> Breaking news, y'all. Slam is partnering with Autograph to release six classic covers as digital collectibles on Autograph's DraftKings platform. The collectibles will be available to current Slam logo pass holders on Tuesday, November 15th, and then to the general public on Thursday, November 17th. They'll be released as both standard editions and the rarer metal editions. Here are the six that are being released. Slam 47, Tim Duncan of December 2000. Slam 87 featuring Ray Allen from May of 2005. Slam 92, Steve Nash from November of 2005. Slam 98, Dirk Nowinski from June 2006, Slam 134, Kevin Garnett from February 2010, and Slam 42, Allen Iverson from May of 2000. Now, my start off with Tim Duncan. All right, what, what would you say um, the big fundamental, his impact on the game? I mean, if you look at the, the 2000s era, I know we have conversations, a lot of people say, of course, I feel like it's a Kobe era, but some people... If you ask San Antonio Spurs fans and guys that love big men, they probably say he could be mentioned as a Tim Dunk era. Like he won five championships. He was on a dynasty and he played a, a pivotal part of being like just this this player that the media loved because like he just did things the right way because probably he didn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a hard work. You know what I'm saying? Like you see, you notice how the media try to, they they tend to like, gravitate towards guys that fit like a certain mold. Like Tim Duncan was that type of guy. Like he was just all about basketball and that's why a lot of people loved him. So, I mean, the 2000 era, you can't mention that without, you can talk about Kobe, you can talk about Shaq, but you can't mention without talking about Tim Duncan either. Yeah. And I mean, too, when you think about it, December 2000, he had already won um, one of his five championships. You know what I'm saying? So obviously he was a young player at the time, but at the end of the day, he still had at least one chip um, at that time. And I think, the fact that obviously he was a big, but he was a big that was able to compete at a high level on both ends of the floor, right? Offense and yeah. defense. There's a lot of players that we know of that can score the ball. A lot of players that we know of that um, can defend at a high level. But to be able to do both the way Tim did, I think, um, speak volumes. Um, but up greatest, next. Greatest power forward of all time. Absolutely. There's, there's no denying that. Um, yeah. Slam 87, Ray Allen, May of 2005. Let me tackle this one first, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Ray Allen went to a phenomenal basketball school. Shout out to you, Con. But yes, other than that, I think in all seriousness, um, Ray's ability to to shoot the three, but also catch a poster whenever the hell he wanted, um, is rare. Very, very rare. 
Um, I know obviously, you know, one of Ray's probably biggest accomplishments is that shot he hit in the finals. But for those of the young folks out there, I would encourage you all to go watch some some highlights of Ray um, back in Seattle, back in Milwaukee. You know, those those were the days where it was really where he was really getting busy. You feel me? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ray Ray definitely I'm a special player, Hall of Famer. Um, but yeah, shout out to Ray Allen. He got game no, too. Yeah. Shout out to he got game. <laughs> no, he was a killer. I think people tend to forget, like like you said, like people remember him with the Boston Celtics in Miami. That wasn't really the Ray Allen. That was like spot up three, going around screens, catch and shoot Ray Allen. But he was a really a scorer in his peak of his career, especially if you look at like the, the Seattle Supersonics. It just sucks because I feel like Ray Allen is probably one of those players that we don't know like who's ever going to retire his jersey because he wasn't really with the Boston Celtics then for too long. When Milwaukee, he wasn't really with them for too long. It probably should be Seattle, you know, because that's what most people remember, like the peak version of Ray. Yeah. But we know Seattle is not a, a franchise anymore, but Ray yeah. was that guy. Yeah, and even with Milwaukee, um, you know, with Giannis wearing 34. You know, yeah. You know, saying, it is what it not, is, but, you know, you can't knock a two-time MVP. Just, that just it give it me just a, sucks. Give me a city a chip. It is what it is. Again, the real note, at the end of the day, he did receive the greatest um, accomplishment, I feel like, in basketball history, and that's being, um, you know, inducting to the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. has one of the greatest shots anyone will ever remember when it comes to uh, NBA history. Um, yeah. but up next, all right, we got two-time MVP, Steve Nash. All right, Slam 92, Steve Nash of November, November 2005. Um, anytime you win an MVP twice, um, it's something to be talked about. Um, I know that, you know, being the catalyst behind one of the most high-powered offenses um, in league history is, is definitely something at the top of um, Steve's overall accomplishments but I think to do it in an era where um, he did it in you know like if, like had he done this now right like if Steve Nash in today's league however many assists he averaged back then I can only imagine how many he would have averaged now uh, but to be the like real kind of pioneer if you will of those Phoenix um, teams um, so yeah def definitely a shout out to Steve man yeah it's no it's no modern day era without the Phoenix Suns and Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, I think they were the catalysts. They were the pioneers, like you said, this. they kind of started what we see right now in the modern day game when we talk about seven seconds or less, threes, layups. They was doing that back in, you know, back in the early 2000s and stuff like that, which kind of like kick-started this movement that we see with the analytic boom and threes and layup pace. But regardless if you agree with it or disagree with it, like the Phoenix Suns and Steve Nash kind of were the first. These are facts. And, and it's funny because as, as we talk about Steve Nash, another player, one of these six, um, is one of his former teammates, and that's Dirk Nowinski, all right? Yeah. Slam 98, Dirk Nowinski, June of 2006. Dirk arguably has one of the greatest playoff runs of all time. Um, and what's so unique about Dirk isn't just, wasn't just his shot, his ability to Ooh. score, but to me is the fact that he stayed with one team, right? He, mm -hmm. he stayed with one yeah. franchise in Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. no trade, no, you know, sign somewhere else, one somewhere. He stayed um with one team his entire career. And um, you just know the city kind of loves Dirk. Um, and so yeah. I think his cover is unique because it's it's aged extremely well. It's, he's not a player where like, okay, there's different cities that have been able to say he played mm -hmm. for that franchise. He didn't have a a farewell tour that um, you know, took part in other, you know, other teams. He he did it all with one franchise. Um, you know, with that one city. So um definitely shout out to Dirk. Um that that fade, that one leg fade he had, definitely unstoppable. Um yeah. but yeah, man, you know, 
one of the most unguardable shots in the history yeah. of the NBA. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki, this cover came out in 2016, won the MVP the following year. Also, you know, that was kind of like fueled by him them losing the NBA Finals to Dwayne Wade in Miami Heat, who captured their first ever uh, title in franchise history, I must say. But Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki, like you said, Thiers, he has one of the greatest, probably, if not the greatest, uh, top three greatest playoff run in the history of the, of the NBA. So, and like you said, one city, that's stamped. Yeah. <laughs> that's stamped. That's for stamped. sure. For sure. And I mean, we, we talk about uh, Pop Fours, right? We, we mentioned Tim before. We just yep, talked about yep. Dirk. And up next, yep. we got KG, the big ticket, right? Yep. Slam Slam 134, Kevin Garnett, February of 2010. Um, you know, everything that KG had did has done uh, with the Timberwolves was extreme, you know, passion. Um, but his transition over to the Celtics is where he became a true champion. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to to get MVP as he did, it's one thing to score, it's one thing to be loyal, right? It's one thing to be loyal to a franchise, but KG won with the Celtics. Um, and again, obviously yeah. they don't win that championship without him. Um, his defensive in- intensity, his sacrifice, his his ability to adapt to a completely new situation and franchise. Um, moments where he didn't mind not being the number one guy as, as he was in, in Minnesota, but to ultimately um, and forever become a champion. So yeah. I would say definitely shout out to KG. Um, I yeah. think if you find anyone <laughs> that had more passion and was probably a little bit more crazy when it comes to being on the court. I probably don't even want to meet that person. KG was someone who made it clear as day, um, you know, how he felt about the game. And there's so many stories out there that exist of when, like, when you were on the court with Kevin, you knew what type of time he was on. And I think yeah. as a competitor, you can appreciate that more than anything. Yeah. Talk about just having a heart. Yeah. Motor. A guy that's aggressive, a guy that just wants to win, you know, used to will teams to win with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he, he comes to the Boston Celtics. Only only player who joined a big three that won a championship in their first year, that was Kevin Garnett, and he was the best player on that team. I know he didn't get finals MVP. I know they gave it to Paul Pierce, but he was the best player on the Boston Celtics in 08 when they won. And then in 2010, which this cover came out in February, they also went to the finals and lost against Kobe Bryant. So, I mean – his time with the Boston Celtics, I think everybody talks about his greatness and his aura and him being the most skilled power forward to ever play the game during his tenure with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But like, I personally kind of remember Kevin Garnett with the Boston Celtics. So, Okay, yeah. And then last but not least, last but damn sure not least, yeah. we got Slam 42, Allen Iverson, May of 2000. You know, so often it gets mentioned that AI is a pound-for-pound pound GOAT. I think that's a little bit played out. It's true, right? But um, I think it's it's deeper than just, you know, AI being such a great scorer at his size. I, I think yeah. um, his influence, his impact um, on the game, nobody was really, really wearing headbands until AI was, right? Like no one was really wearing three until AI, AI was. You, you know, the, the whole tattoos, the whole idea of like, actually being being proud to be um you know who you are we asked scoop jackson on the show uh, previously talking about his experience in, in, in the whole ai revolution if you will um so i know again pound for pound goat but in all aspects of it there's certain things that when it comes to hoops when it comes to the nba when it comes to philly all that certain things just wouldn't be had it not yeah. been for ai and um he was certainly an inspiration for a lot of basketball players and a lot of fans out there um, again, another player that that really left it out 
um, all on the court. So um, salute to AI. Yeah, Allen Iverson, top 20 player of all time in my eyes, top 10 talent this game has ever seen. Like you said, I feel like the pound for pound, GOAT, whatever that means, I don't really care about that. Like this guy was, he was one of one, really. He was the little Wayne of the NBA. He birthed a lot of what we see in today's game for us, the tattoos, for us, the sleeves, for us, the guys just feeling comfortable with being themselves and kind of like being comfortable enough to say how they feel and be unapologetic about it. It's no LeBron James without Allen Iverson. And when I talk about that, I mean like just being able to be a voice of the people. Allen Iverson was 10 toes down in his of who he was as a person. So when I say the little Wayne of the NBA, it's kind of like what we see in today's game, it all came from Allen Iverson, just like what we see in the rap with the face tats and all these guys with all these tattoos and these rappers and dreads and stuff like that. Lil Wayne kind of birthed that as well. So that's why I say Allen Iverson was the Lil Wayne of the NBA. So and there you go. I mean, those those are the six, y'all. Six players that are forever stamped. Six, um, for sure, Hall of Famers. Six players that... Um, I feel like, you know, both of us, Ma, that we both grew up watching. So um, yeah. six players that are, are well-respected, six players that have had each of their own legendary moments. So um, there you have it, y'all. We're going to see you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>